for me, the success that I want to achieve is doing the things that right now I know I should do every day, mm-hmm. but I'm not. I'm doing them some days or sometimes most days. Um, I actually went through an identity crisis the past week or two. I think I made I made a post on my Instagram. Big shout out. Go follow it. And I changed my name to Megadoo Megadoo. <laughs> because listen, originally it was What Now Megan, right? That's been my staple name for as long as I can remember. But I was thinking, you know, let's just say I'm famous in a year. <laughs> Would it sound better for someone to be like, hey, did you see Megadoo Wegadoo's post? Or did you see What Now Megan's post? And for some reason, I thought Megadoo Wegadoo's post was better. And then I changed it and I started asking a few friends around me. And everyone was saying, no, What Now Megan sounds much better. So I panicked and I changed it back. So don't worry, everybody. Sorry for that scare. Unfortunately, on TikTok, you can't change your name very frequently. So I'm Megadoo Wegadoo on TikTok. But I'll go back to What Now Megan. Don't you guys worry. Um... Okay, anyways, I'm going to get right to it because, remember, I'm trying to make these intros shorter. I hope you guys had a fantastic Christmas. Christmas was right around the corner, or right behind the corner, Um, and my Christmas was amazing. I got some really great presents, spent some great time with some family, and it was just a really good time. I also realized that New Year's is right around the corner, which is unbelievable. 2021, where the hell did you go? So I think I'm going to do a little bonus episode later this week and just recap some of the craziness and give you guys a nice positive episode to seize 2022. I think we all could use that. I've got (laughs) something in my throat right now. (laughs) Okay. Um, all right. This episode, I think this is a great episode. It's an episode a lot of people need to hear. Um, I speak with Adam who, funny story guys, when I was in Arizona last week, I was at a bar with my girlfriends And I was chatting with some people and I guess my other friends were over talking about my podcast and they started talking to this guy who was like, oh, does she interview people? And they were like, yeah, she interviews anybody. And so we connected and I just interviewed this guy last week. So truly random. Love it. Um, Great way to connect. Okay. So Adam and I speak a lot about... um, being realistic with your goals. And I think this is a really interesting episode because a lot of people have talked about their passion within the job itself and within the career they've chosen. Whereas Adam gives us a completely alternative approach in that he's not necessarily passionate about what he's doing, but he's passionate about what he wants. So he knows what he wants in his future. And because of that, he says, I don't care what I have to do right now as long as I can get to that future point, um, which I think is, is a nice little flip of what we've heard from these other episodes. We also talk a lot about the entrepreneurial mindset, which I think is daunting for a lot of people. Um, seeing all these people around you who seem like they're go-getters and they've just got what what it takes and feeling like you, ne- you don't necessarily have that. And I think this is great because we just talk about how it's okay to not have that. Not everyone has that crazy grit and drive to get it all done. And it's a lot harder for some of us to get going, which is okay. Like we can accept that. 
And just know that we've got to find something that does give us that little extra spark and make us want to keep moving forward. So great episode here for you. Um, I hope you guys enjoy it. There's a not really much of an outro this time, so I know I'm like switching it up on you guys, but I'm just going to leave you with that. Enjoy. Awesome. Okay. Well, we'll just get started. If you want to go ahead give me a little background information about yourself, where you're from, if it starts touching into career, you could just save that because we'll get into that obviously. Um, yeah. But the floor is yours for, for anything you want to introduce the audience with. Okay, cool. And uh, just for the record, you can use my name and I don't okay, have, perfect. and I have zero boundaries. So whatever, okay. any questions wonderful. you want to ask, we're good to go. Okay. Wonderful. Um, all right. So my story, I guess, uh, I grew up in like a nice happy, oh, I'm, I'm 32. I'm a millennial like prime millennial age okay <laughs> uh, it's fun I'm I'm like interested to know more about how your generation sees my generation okay because I kind of view us as the same but I don't think that's I don't think so true. okay <laughs> yeah I, don't um, think I think there's like classifications of like anyone who's like 21 to like 26 is in like our little category and then like 27 okay. to like 35 is another <laughs> yeah yeah so I'm like I'm like prime millennial uh born 1989 um and so I, I grew up in like a, you know, my family was happy. Um, sorry, I'm throwing the toy for my dog. <laughs> You're fine. Uh, but I went to school with a lot of uh, very wealthy people. Um, I was on financial aid. So I'd like write letters to my, to like some of my classmates' parents that were paying for most of my tuition. Oh, really? Um, which was also unique because I don't know. It's like, oh, these kids in my class, like don't even know, but their parents are just fronting tens of thousands of dollars for me to go to school here. Mm -hmm. So I have to like get good grades and like do stuff. So um, yeah, so I did crew and that was like my high school friends. Uh, when I went to college, it was all like applying to Ivies or like nice private schools. Um, I know some of your previous guests talked about applying to private schools and going to the floor to UCF. Um, yes. I don't remember him. The one girl yeah, that went Shannon. to Okay, Shannon, yeah. Yeah, Shannon went so, to UCF. So she, she talked about bright futures. So like mm -hmm. I had that plus, um, Florida has this other thing called Florida prepaid that a lot of boomer parents sign up for when we were born or kids. Mm -hmm. So they were putting in like a small amount each month. And then we got like a lot more tuition back when we went to college. Interesting. So okay. when I went to UCF, it was like, so I like, I don't know, I got into like a couple of private schools out of state, but not any of the Ivies that I wanted to go to. Yeah. Um, that would make it worth it to put up a bunch of cash. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. And so it was like a small amount, but yeah, so that ended with me getting like free tuition for basically all four years. I had the highest bright futures, so I didn't, I paid for books. So like I came out of college cause I did an extra semester for fun. Mm -hmm. um, I had like maybe three, $4,000 in student loans. Wow. Okay. And so that was literally just, yeah. Okay. Um, my degree was uh, aerospace engineering because I asked uh, one of my crew coaches who had coached there. Uh, UCF um, what's the hardest major and he said aerospace engineering so I did <laughs> so it is that I, really what what got you to go for that it? was I mean well uh kind of yeah actually so like I a lot of the private schools or like the Ivies and stuff that I applied to I applied liberal arts which mm -hmm. like at the time I didn't really understand I was like why do I declare a major what is what does this even mean right um I got an 800 on the SAT math section Okay. I don't know what, score. do you know what the, oh, is that a perfect score? I was going to say, yeah. I, I was only like ACT. That's all I've ever took. Oh, okay. So. Oh, wow. So, okay. Yeah. So I, also, got a I got a 35 on the math ACT. Okay. There we go. There Which we is, go. All right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Perfect score on the math SAT section. I didn't, um, I was at the time it was cool, but I like, didn't care about engineering. So, mm -hmm. but 
in retrospect, it was like, oh, I guess I should have applied engineering because I could have gotten into one of these IVs and then just changed it mm -hmm. later. Um, but yeah, so that ended with me going to UCF and doing aerospace engineering, told everyone I knew I was going to be a rocket scientist. So mm -hmm. uh, when- Shot it from the rooftops. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I, by like end of sophomore year, I kind of knew I didn't care for engineering or anything aerospace related, really. I wanted to meet aliens. Um, <laughs> it turns out that's not part of the deal. <laughs> You mean it's not written in the fine print of the contract you sign when I, you like, get I shot like, off into space? <laughs> I mean, you know, now this is like, you know, 10, what is 2007, uh, 15 years ago. Damn, I'm old. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so 15 years ago, I was like, I don't know, in 10, 15 years, we might find aliens. So like, yeah. let's do this. No. Um, Wait, well, sorry, that, to, to stop you really quick. So you said yeah. sophomore year, it was that you decided you weren't really into it? Uh, yeah, I like my spring semester sophomore year, I like uh one class was a horrible instructor and another okay. class I just the the midterm project was just like big ridiculous like spend 15 hours a week on it project okay. um you know I was already it was a tough it was a class that was like a lot of work and not a lot of learning mm -hmm. and I like I just can't do that um yeah so did you think that at that point, everyone around you was way more gung-ho aerospace engineering than you were, or was everyone else also in the same boat of like, uh, this I would, I would say by then these classes were advanced enough because I came in with APs because again, mm -hmm. private school. So mm -hmm. I like my first physics class was physics two, okay. um, or no three calc three. I don't know. I was like ahead and stuff. So, mm -hmm. but by this point, yeah, it was like, I would say 90% people that are going to be engineers for the rest of their lives okay so they were um, very very into it so you weren't you weren't on yeah. the same level as they were no like people that people that were failing were people that just didn't have the intelligence i guess i don't that sounds bad but um or just like the passion and drive to keep going with it well well me that's me but then like uh -huh. anyone else who's failing was like trying really hard and just like doesn't have the math brain gotcha so they need I to be told this isn't the, the this isn't the right career path for you right yeah gotcha okay um, Okay, so anyway, so I failed the two classes, uh, like F's. One class, I think I got like a 15 in. <laughs> okay. But I like knew halfway through the semester, I was like, I have to make the decision on grade forgiveness, like before, like in the next few weeks, so middle mm -hmm. of the semester. I was like, I'm just not gonna do this project and I'm just mm -hmm. gonna bail out and I'll fix it next semester. So I went to summer classes, which most people were doing anyway, um, took advantage of that like, I have, I'm ahead of a little bit situation. Mm -hmm. um, but that's kind of when I realized I don't want to do engineering, but then I just kept doing it because okay. who doesn't need a rocket scientist? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think this is, this is maybe where our generations have a little bit of difference. Us millennials were like, go to college, get a job, that's your career. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's what we were told. And it seemed like, you know, that's what was happening. It seemed like a good deal at the time. Mm -hmm. um and then that's you know there's the student debt epidemic yeah that's happening um thankfully I avoided that but you know for me it was like well let me get a good job and then I'll figure out if I want to change it later I can do it later mm -hmm. um so yeah I graduated college got a, a job out here so that was UCF in Orlando mm -hmm. um, I interned with this company I guess I won't say the name I don't know yeah, I don't work fine. for them anymore. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm not supposed to talk shit about them. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, I got I interned in Tampa, got and then my boss was like, Do you want to stay in Florida or go to Phoenix? And I was like, Well, my first like real serious girlfriend and I had broken up the 
year before my like college girlfriend. Um, and so I was like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm single again. Like let's, I've lived in Florida my whole life. Let's move. Mm-hmm. So I came to Phoenix at 22, uh, started working for this aerospace company with, you know, my youngest coworker was like 43 and had three children. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I'm just like living on my own. So like my, my week was basically like go to work, come home, go to the gym, eat dinner, watch, you know, play video games, mm-hmm. watch movies. I don't know. Friday, Saturday night was like, go to the bar. I live next to, I live mm-hmm. next to like a Chili's and a sports bar. And yeah. So then like, I made a lot of friends. I'm very social. I don't know. I don't know how much I'm rambling. Like, I don't know. No, no, keep going. Oh, well, I, I was, I was going to ask, and this might yeah. be a little too forward, but were no. you like, this sounds like a very monotonous schedule. Were you like miserable during this? Especially <clears throat> since you knew sophomore year that this wasn't really what you want to be doing. Yeah. So it's funny how like not enjoying work. And it's, I love that you get, you talk about this so much on your show because I, uh, I have, I have a lot of thoughts on this. So take the floor. (laughs) Not loving work uh, is very soul sucking and I do not recommend it. However, when you're getting a paycheck right out of college and I'll, I'll just, I can say amounts, right? You don't care. I don't guess. So I get this offer out of college for $50,000 a year. And it was like, I didn't, I had not had a job before. Right. So I'm like, this seems like an absurd amount of money. What do you even do with that? The soul sucking part of the job, like really means a lot less when it's like, you know, pretty low stress. I just go sit in a cubicle for eight hours, uh, especially at 22. And then I have the rest of my week to do whatever I want. My Mm -hmm. nights and weekends were free. I have like disposable income. I'm living in one bedroom apartment by myself, which is great. Um, but no, the job was, uh, you know, I don't want to say it was terrible because like the companies, like everyone I met in my life told me, oh, that's a great job with a great company. Right. Uh, the pay is good. It was like relatively flexible. I could put in my 40 hours a week and turn off my computer and never think about it mm-hmm. until I log back on on Monday. But the um, work itself wasn't fulfilling. I feel like I didn't do anything in 10 years yeah. there. Like so, I was oh, you doing were there the, for 10 years. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. Technically eight. Okay. I think so. But but right um, up there. Yeah. And I yeah, I just didn't. It was it was nothing. It was it was a waste of time. I mean, mm-hmm. in theory, it's like cool because you're working on airplane parts, but mm-hmm. also I don't care about airplanes. And I was writing processes, so um I was like a glorified technical writer. I don't know. So you said originally when we first started talking about this that you your thought was I'm gonna just stick it out for a couple of years and then maybe yeah. figure something else out. So <laughs> what do you think kept you there for a lot more than a couple of years? I think kind of the turning point of I'm not gonna bother with this anymore was I was back east and I had a a sort of weekend fling with my ex, the one that I broke up with mm-hmm. in college, because she was already graduated and the reasons behind the breakup were very like she's not the one. Um, mm-hmm. I want Disney love. And that wasn't, you know, you know, it just wasn't there, I guess. So mm-hmm. anyway, I went back to Florida for a weekend and we had, we reconnected. Um, and then like two or three weeks later, we're talking on the phone. I told her I was looking for jobs back East and we were like, Oh, maybe we'll give this a shot again. Uh, you know, I lived my life for a few more years and mm-hmm. experienced the world. And uh, so I'm talking on the phone It's a three hour time difference. And so it's like 11 p.m. there because it's eight here or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's like, she's driving. And so, I'm, you know, we're talking more as though we were trying to start dating again. 
And I'm like, oh, where, where are you heading? She's like, oh, to my boyfriend's place. And I'm like, what? Oh, no. Is this a joke? Like, I don't even understand how that's possible. Oh, my God. <laughs> and uh, I had, like, already recognized that things are not moving back home, like, is not what it was when you were there the first time. And so I kind of reached that point of I'm not. I'm just not I'm not going to look anymore. I like Phoenix. Uh, gotcha. So then we you're were, just like, I'm going to stick it out here. Yeah. Until and I like feel Phoenix also was again. kind of, yeah, Phoenix was kind of like reaching the, uh, a cultural turning point. Okay. Where instead of being the Phoenix, that's all like chain restaurants, we were, you know, people were really starting to move here and mm-hmm. there's a lot more young people. There's chefs were like, oh, instead of LA or San Diego, let's go to Phoenix where it's okay just as nice, but half, you know, less, less than that, like way cheaper. So because of that little hiccup and that little relationship yeah. you had there, you were just like, okay, screw it. I'm not going to waste more time. Yeah. Working. It like, wasn't okay. really related. It was just kind of a thing that was like, oh yeah, yeah, this is really, I really don't need to look back at all. Okay. I loved my, I loved my life, but, uh, I don't know. Okay. Necessary. Okay. So fast forward now to the eight year yeah. mark when you actually do decide to switch jobs. Um, yeah. take me through that so, process. Uh, so like, you know, since then I, sort of I've like fallen in love with Phoenix I don't Mm -hmm. really want to go I would maybe go to like once I make enough money like San Diego Mm -hmm. but otherwise like I don't really want to move I love it here okay I'll get I'll get homes in other places Mm -hmm. so uh COVID hit I um I had finally gotten a job with my company that was not technically engineering uh it was still just as soul-sucking but like (laughs) I don't know I felt like I was maybe actually helping the company more Okay. Actually making a difference, but uh, it was like a process improvement thing. So once COVID hit and being aerospace, everyone stopped traveling, you know, Uh we did furloughs and then they're like mandatory, I don't know, time off. And then Uh it was like, okay, we're going to have to actually make cuts because after two or three months, it was like, we can't afford this. And um, so yeah, I got laid off. I knew that I didn't want to work for a company my entire life. Mm -hmm. Um, So I kind of had already planned to start my own business of some sort mm-hmm. um but the first I had eight weeks severance so I spent two months just like being at Chilling. home ordering DoorDash and it was wonderful yeah <laughs> and like still getting paid yeah um and yeah so then after that it was like okay I need to make money and so I was trying to figure out like a business to start and I had a few ideas but uh not not having grown up as an entrepreneur like the the amount of pressure for hey I need to make money in three months was just a little overwhelming mm-hmm. rather so, than sp- like starting that fire under you right it's a little bit more yeah, of that I'm anxiety a, feel yeah I totally I'm get not that. like a self-starter like I yeah I can be extremely motivated and I'm very smart and can be hardworking when I care about something but mm-hmm. to figure something out it's not like I don't have that built in I have 10 years of sort of do my job but like the bare minimum because mm-hmm. yeah there's no there's no reward really for working harder yeah yeah um, I like that you so, put that out though because I feel like some people assume it's so easy for some people to just like get up and start getting something going you know when it, for instance like a job yeah. like starting a new <clears throat> business or something but I think it's, really it's so much easier said than done and that it really is like this entrepreneurial mindset that you have to have and this inner like personality trait that not a lot of people have so it's a lot easier said to just be like hey yeah you should just start your own business because 
half of us have no freaking clue what that's supposed to mean. <laughs> yeah, I um, I'll and I have more thoughts on that too because you, yeah. you talk about that a lot with other people. But uh, mm -hmm. so anyway, so I I didn't have like a new business to start, but my mom and my brother had both gotten their real estate licenses at some point in Florida. Mm -hmm. Um, my parents now they're divorced now, but my dad's parents and then his sister and then him and my mom uh, own this a timeshare resort on okay. Fort Lauderdale Beach. So it's like a timeshare, mm -hmm. like property management requires a real estate license. Mm -hmm. So they like had to get them. And then my mom like sort of tried to, she sort of sold a house or two to like friends in Florida. Mm -hmm. um, but then I'd always talked about kind of doing that out here as like a side gig. Uh, and she's like, well, just get your license. You're not doing anything right now anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, get your license and like see what happens. And then from there, I sort of, you know, I registered for it. It was $500. Um, I like hilariously did all the classes while watching Netflix and stuff, <laughs> like playing video games. It was just like very, it was not Brace. hard for me. To it was a 35 on the math at ACT for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So I got my license and uh, <clears throat> kind of fell in love with real estate. Started like listening to podcasts about it, found a sweet brokerage that I like and with Keller Williams. Um, and that's kind of where I'm now. So that was a okay. year ago I got my license. Basically. Okay. So still pretty, pretty fresh, pretty new for it. Yeah. How was that? Um, so you got your license in the heat of COVID. Was it, because when did the boom start happening? It was like just a couple months after that. Did you get to take yeah, advantage was, of that or was that stressful for you being such um, a new broker? It kind of, I kind of missed it. If I had like, okay. if I'd gotten my license right when I got laid off, mm -hmm. and like actually spent, if I like dedicated my time to doing that, mm -hmm. Um, then I probably would have had like a much more successful kickoff because yeah, the boom was like summer basically. Okay. And then I got my license in November. Gotcha. So things were okay. already very hot, which yeah. kind of made it that much harder to like bring on new clients. Okay. Cause everybody who was looking had already figured out who they want to <clears> go with and. Right. Or like a lot of my friends, you know, I'm first of all, extremely blessed that uh, I think all of my clients so far this year have been people I already knew, like friends, because okay. I have this big social network, but mm -hmm. um, a lot of other friends also like, you know, saw on Facebook or maybe I reached out to them that, hey, I'm a realtor now. Like if you want to buy a house, it's, you know, a lot of people in their twenties and early thirties, like trying to buy their first home. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, well, am I going to go with my friend, Adam, who did engineering or something and just got his license? Or am I going to go with some realtor that's been doing this for 20 years? Mm -hmm. um, and so it's, starting out was like a little rough to build that trust uh and like convince convincing myself that I know what I'm doing yeah were you rough. were you nervous at any point like oh my god this isn't gonna work out what am I doing yeah I mean it's it's I'm still nervous about it like but not from like the business perspective at this okay. point I know I'll be fine mm -hmm. um I'm I'm good at it. Like I said, I can't help but talk to strangers, which is how you get new business, basically. Like there's way too many realtors, but uh they're not all you. They don't all <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you could say it. Go ahead. They're not all as great. <laughs> Take pride. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm still I so I want to go back to the whole yeah. idea that you were talking about of like the soul sucking, because I've heard like <clears throat> a lot in amongst my friends and people I've spoken with about the like working for the weekend. Are you familiar with that? Where it's like yes. people, yeah. People who just say like, Oh yeah, I'm just working for the weekend. And to me, I'm always like, Oh my God, I hope to never be in a position like that. And it kind of sounds a little bit like 
what you were explaining with your airspace job. Um, yeah. I'm just, I'm just so curious how you were like, not to like make any jabs or anything, but like how you were content no. with that and didn't think like, maybe I should pursue something else. No. Well I did. Uh, but I was pursuing other jobs. And so I was like, let me find something that I enjoy more. So that's why I mentioned, okay. like, I was looking at something engineering sales where it's like, I know the technical stuff, but I would go work with the sales team as the expert. And then like, gotcha. you bring in the real engineers to talk to the customers, engineers, okay. but there's like, there's like a room, there's like a place in all industries for uh, people that understand the technical parts, but can speak mm -hmm. to non-technical people. Okay. Um, but I also, I guess I just like, didn't, I didn't know that there was another option really. Yeah. Yeah. Like entrepreneurship was this big, like, oh, you know, if you're not one of those, you know, self-starter people that was, you know, selling Cutco. Did you have that? No, that must not have been. The Cutco? No, yeah. but I but I do listen to a you, podcast about it? it from, yes, a guy, he's got this podcast called Mindset Mentor and he like, okay. goes through his whole experience of like working for Cutco and being like the knocking on people's okay. doors for Cutco. <laughs> that's, so Cutco, I think is a perfect example of like yeah. a kid in high school that's like, yeah, I'll go and knock on people's doors and sell them knives. Sure. Yeah, right. So like, if you're not one of those, I, I didn't, I didn't, I thought entrepreneurship was only for, you know, people that really wanted to go out and skip college and start a tech company right. or something like that. Um, right. And I definitely didn't know. I didn't. I knew that you could be a landlord and you could invest in real estate. I didn't realize how sort of simple it was and okay. that it doesn't really require a lot. And so that's kind of my goal. Um, I'll always keep my license so I can, you know, work for my friends to buy mm -hmm. their homes and hopefully their investment properties, but like, mm -hmm. I want to, I want to not work. I want to retire yeah. in the next, you know, before I'm 40 and have, you know, not unlimited, but like enough money that I can do nothing and still live the lifestyle that I want to live. Yeah, totally. So um, you said that it's a lot easier than you, than it was made out to be. Can you like go yeah. through that process of just like <clears throat> learning something completely new? Cause I think that's something is like, I know for me personally, that's something that always scares me is like jumping into something completely new and just assuming like, like, like where do you even go for resources like that? Um, podcasts. Okay. It turns out, is just this, <laughs> you hear that everybody point, come, come yeah, to this podcast. <laughs> um, okay. So I don't know. I guess I'll plug the real estate podcast that I started listening to. Okay. Bigger Pockets. Bigger Pockets. Okay. Um, they have like a lot of stuff for all varieties of investors and wannabe investors. Mm -hmm. But basically, the idea is if you if you want to not work, you have to own things that make money. So I own my home. Uh, well, sort of the bank owns my home, but I pay like thankfully a low, relatively low mortgage. Mm -hmm. But I could easily rent out, I have four bedrooms. I could rent out all four bedrooms and make three times my mortgage. Mm -hmm. And then I can, you know, use that money to rent an apartment and still be making an additional thousand dollars a month. Mm -hmm. And so you just do that a few times and it's like, I don't know, it's like a very simple process. And so yeah. real estate is just like the, the bare minimum of how to get started in that, I guess. Mm -hmm. That's my entrepreneurship in a, in a nutshell. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, I, I took this class um, last year with you. Chicago is this like entrepreneur class for, I was doing research <clears> at the time. So it's a bunch of really, really intelligent science people 
that also wanted to do to learn the business side mm-hmm. of it. And I remember that was like one of the biggest like hot button questions for everybody was, okay, I've got this great idea, but how do I even go about getting it started? And I think that's what right. stops a lot of people from it is not knowing where to begin. And it sounds like you just got to just go for it. Like just jump in, start consuming as much knowledge as you can, whether it's yeah. podcasts or articles or friends, but I mean, just sitting back and hoping that something figures itself out is going to happen. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough. And that's like, so I'd like read a bunch of books um, on this, on general starting a business ideas, how to, how to take those first steps. Mm-hmm. So I had that, I had that in my head as knowledge. Um, and then when I started learning real estate stuff, it was like, oh, it's like that, but you don't have to come up with an idea. Mm-hmm. It's already there. You just have yeah. to do it. And yeah. so the big, I know, I remember the first, like, starting a business, the number one thing is like, once you have it, don't, don't try to build a business and then hope it becomes profitable. Mm-hmm. They're like, start making money. If you have a product, start mm-hmm. selling it, just like make it as fast as you can and, uh, fail fast. So like, mm-hmm. if people don't want it, they won't buy it in real estate. It's like, well, everyone's going to always need a place to live. So like where I am now is basically, uh, I'm trying to like, increase my production a lot in the next year mm-hmm. so that by the end of 2022, I can like actually own an investment property, um, have done a couple of flips or something. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't set up the plan yet. That's actually kind of happening this week. I'm going to be like doing my whole 2022 business plan, but yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah. So that's where I'm now. That's pretty much it. Very cool. I love that. I love your little story there. i also just still so like eight years at that company and then you finally found your passion with this real estate stuff that's awesome yeah um, and I think also sorry to be clear no, go for it I I love real estate and I think it's a very cool uh industry to be in um it's very I think it's it's kind of simple and mm-hmm. that's why it's great but my passion is to not have to work okay, <laughs> okay. which I know and I feel like you've kind of flirted with that idea uh-huh. Where you're like, I don't want to be, you know, tied down to a desk job. Yeah. Um, and that's where the, you know, cryptocurrency is cool, but like, you know, getting into these entrepreneurship, like finding, buying assets and building wealth long-term yeah, kind of struck with me. Cause I was like, oh, I can work hard for you a few years, mm-hmm. make this happen. And like, if you do it right, you can, you know, get all your bills paid for without working within mm-hmm you know, five years or 10 years. I don't know. It depends mm-hmm. on how hard you work, I guess, but like the opportunity is there to not have to have a job. Yeah. I, I feel like I know that what the answer to this question is going to be, but I've asked this to some of my guests before, but what is your idea of success? Like what is when, what does the day look like <clears throat> when you say, oh my gosh, here it is. I've made it. I, uh, it, it's funny because even listening to your guests answer this, I feel like everyone says, well, if you asked me a few years ago, yeah. <laughs> it would have been different. Yeah, I, uh, I think, uh, unfortunately, these days, I've like read a lot of these self-help books and, you know, inspirational podcasts and listened to a lot of audiobooks. And unfortunately, I think success is a daily thing. And success is every day doing the things that you need to do. Okay. Um, or maybe not need to do, but like, in all of these books and uh, you know, you'll see what, what is a successful wealthy person do every day? And it's like, Oh, I get up at three and I run 15 miles. I saw this hilarious TikTok. I don't even have TikTok, but that's all (laughs) 
I guess videos come from anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I get up and I run 15 miles and then I make my bed and then I eat my breakfast and I read three mm -hmm. books and I write in my journal <laughs> and I do another run and then I work out and then I make my bed again. <laughs> um, but all, all the, the only actual common thing that I found is the word consistency. Mm -hmm. And I hate it so much because I don't okay. want to work hard every day, just a little bit. I want to work really hard for one day mm -hmm. and then do nothing. Yeah. But, uh, but I think success is for me, the success I want to achieve is doing the things that right now I know I should do every day, mm -hmm. but I'm not, I'm doing them some days or sometimes most days, but like when I can without without a huge struggle like get up and do my workout eat like you know 80 percent healthy whatever however I'm eating at the time mm -hmm. do my however many hours of lead gen uh do the stuff that I need to do for my current clients when I can like get my stuff done every single day without having to like really force myself mm -hmm. that's success okay and then like things like lot. wealth kind of just will happen. Yeah. As long as you're focusing on those daily habits, then yeah. they'll build. I'm curious. So you said you've caught up on the podcast. So um, a yeah. couple of weeks ago, I talked to the guy who he's like young and I feel like he seems like he's got his whole life together, but he was the very, golfer. very strong. Yes. Golfer, the golfer. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, he had like every single day, I feel like he has a very strict plan of like what needs to get accomplished. Is that how you are? Are you more of in the back of your mind? You just <clears throat> know, Hey, got to get up. I've got X, Y, Z that I want to get done today. Or sorry. I don't know if that was, that question was like all over the place, but do you kind of know? I, I get it. Um, <laughs> okay. so yeah, so he seems like we've kind of talked about the type of person that's a naturally a go-getter. So to mm -hmm. him, like, cause I just listened to that today. Um, he's like, you know, in high school and he's like, I'm going to go do this and just like mm -hmm. get an apartment and not go to college and work really hard at being a professional golfer. And I was like, I'm like, no, I don't, that's not me. Yeah. I'm like, I'm passionate about things when I'm passionate about them. So for me, like I want, I want to be successful in real estate so that I can later not have to worry about it. Mm -hmm. uh, so my day to day is like, I know the things I should do. Sometimes those things are make a list of what I need to do. And sometimes mm -hmm. I don't even do that because okay. I'm like, oh, it's in my head. And I, you know, so far generally do a good job of taking care of everything, but like, mm -hmm. yeah, I building that discipline for day-to-day -day consistency is, uh, I don't know, like I said, I have 10 years of doing bare minimum. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, been, that's been my struggle for 2021. Yeah. I really appreciate you saying that though, because I know, or I think for a lot of people, it could be intimidating seeing somebody like that, who just seems like a go-getter and it's like, there's no like struggle to be motivated. There's, they know what they want. They're going to go get it and you, you can see it happen. But for a lot of people, that's not how it, how it works. And there is like a, a daily struggle of like, okay, yeah, I know what I want. I have to get my ass up and get it going. Like, it's not just some inner drive that says, Oh, I'm going to get up at five in the morning and I have no problem with no, it because I want to be fit. But like, there is a struggle for a lot of people. There's a very rare breed. I think of people who can just like do it, right. stick to it willy nilly. Like one day, wake up and say, This is what I want. I'm going to get it. So I appreciate yeah, you, you bringing day, that day, up every day. It's like, All right. Yeah. <laughs> am I going to, am I going to get myself together today or am I going to just <laughs> right? kind of, you know, do nothing? Yeah, totally. Um, and so, you know, I've, I've improved mm -hmm. over the course of, you know, this past year, mm -hmm. but it's a struggle. And I think 
yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize that like that's a lot of people struggle. Yeah. And I'm I've met since I've been doing this real estate stuff, like I've met a lot of go-getters that are crushing it and like just hustling nonstop and like putting in a hundred hours a week because because they love that. They love the mm-hmm. hustle, they love the, you know, let's let's get stuff done all the time. Mm-hmm. Whereas for me, it's like, no, I I need to force myself to get stuff done because I want the end goal. Yeah. I think the other thing that I kind of wanted to point out though is uh, I read, I read some management book by uh, one of the women that was high up in Google or something. I don't, it was called radical candor. I don't remember the person that wrote it, but it's talking about management styles. And like uh, this is a, this is like a common sort of management concept, I guess, but like Mm -hmm. she's, she's where I read it um, and laid it out very clearly. There are, there are people that like being the worker bees. Mm-hmm. Oh so yeah. We're talking. I'm talking about you know. I want to never work again, and I want to put in this work now to build my own business for myself, uh, mm-hmm. so that I don't have to go back to a cubicle. But like a lot of people are okay with having that nine to five, working for the weekend, mm-hmm. and then they can just like be on that career path and start their family, and then marry someone who's on the same sort of career path. And totally. Yeah, I'm. To I'm so happy you're pointing this out as well. Life. Cause on TikTok, yeah. I am on TikTok. <laughs> I okay. actually, uh, yeah, of course. Uh, you far, to too, far too much, but um, there was someone who made a, a video that was just saying um, <laughs> exactly that. Like, can we get over this notion that everyone has to go be shooting to start their own business? Can we get over this notion that everyone has to go back to graduate school? Like some of us are completely content doing the classic, like, you know, nine to five, I come home to my, my wife and kids or whatever it is. And uh, that's just like my life. Like I, I have no desire. I'm going to work up the corporate ladder and stay at the same company for 30 years. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's really, yeah. as long as you're content with it and that's what you want, then absolutely. Like no one should be looking down on that because we're like, it's your life to live whatever right. you want to do with it. I, so I originally realized that from inside the workforce, which, and like, I, I always had really good bosses. Um, I, I, there was like a lot of not getting promotions or not getting raises or the raises were only like the, you know, the smallest, like 5% was mm-hmm. like the most you could possibly get. And that's why I kind of talk about, I only did the bare minimum because if I know that that's the case, I, first of all, I'm, I was salaried. So I wasn't getting paid overtime. Mm-hmm. So like I would log my, I would work for on like whatever project and you clock your hours against that project. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to put in 40 hours a week, but if you work, 40 hours a week or you work 80 hours a week makes no difference I'm getting the, paid the same yeah yeah and at the end of the year if you're only going to give me a five percent raise at most yeah then like what's the benefit of working harder yeah um and so that was always that always made no sense to me and I was like this is ridiculous like I don't know someone should find a way to motivate their employees but that yeah. was also not my job so I'm not going <laughs> to be that person you're not putting in those extra five hours uh, yeah, to exactly. that out. <laughs> also talking about entrepreneurship stuff too it's like not everyone wants to start buying investment properties. Mm-hmm. Like not totally. everyone wants to try to retire in five years instead of in 30 years. Right. Um, and, you know, that's where, that's where I like talking to people and kind of learning their, what their motivations are. Well, thank you so much. I'm sorry if I'm taking a lot of your time. I said like 30 minutes. No, but... <laughs> this is great. Sorry, sorry if I just like. Have oh, a lot. no, I, this is fantastic. I, I really like rush. this. Um, before I let you go though, I'd love to hear if you have any big piece of advice that you'd like to give listeners after all of your experience and where you're at now or any like harness lesson learned or something. 
also it's hilarious all my experience it's so funny because I'm like I have no idea what I'm doing still like I (laughs) I have a general plan but like yeah I just okay life is never it's not about like ending learning you're always constantly learning and evolving and yeah I think I mean I think like uh, and this has been said before but like make the move like I never quit because the salary was just like really good but then I'll hear the stories of people that did quit and force themselves to like make different make a change mm-hmm. and I'm like man it would have been nice if I did that you know started five years ago five years ago right yeah um don't don't accept just like don't like coast through life I have a question <laughs> for you also yeah absolutely on the on the generational thing yes I'm interested what uh someone your age like what is your generation how do you see millennials the way that at least like my friend group talks about millennials and specifically focused on career wise is I think a lot of us assume that everyone that's a millennial is like, all right, I'm going to like work hard now and just keep saving and so I can retire and then spend. Whereas I think for us, like a lot of my friends are like, I'm going to spend now and enjoy the money I have now and still save a little bit, but I'm more focused on the present and enjoying what I have rather than waiting to be 60 and then spend all my money. I think that's, that's actually something very common that my friends talk about is like people Mm -hmm. who are unhappy in their career choices or, um, are just like, Oh, I can't do this. I can't do that because I don't have the money to, I need to put it in my 401k. I need to not that, not that not saving is a good idea, but it's a little (laughs) bit more of a focus on, Hey, I'm actually going to live my life with the money I have now rather than stress about, I need money to retire at 60. I think that's a, uh, so I, th- I think most millennials did the same thing in our twenties. Oh, okay. We just were stressed because we knew we were supposed to be saving. Okay. Gotcha. So we were like, so we're okay. just like postponing it. <laughs> yeah. You're just, it seems like, yeah, that's, it sounds like you're just kind of like, oh, we're cool with this. I don't need to save money now. I'll figure that yeah. out later. Whereas we were like, oh God, why don't I have any money? What am I doing wrong? Uh, gotcha. Because we were kind of enjoying it without that intention of like, you know, ever, everyone in our life for our entire lives was telling us we should be saving now to have fun later. Gotcha. But I, I think see. mostly so maybe people n- haven't done that. Okay. I would say, so maybe now it's like you guys are actually realizing, Hey, maybe I should have saved a little bit more, which is why we feel like you're all telling us you need to be saving more. <laughs> well, yeah. That's, I see. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But thank you so much for spending this evening with me. I really yeah, appreciate thanks. it. I hope I, I hope I actually got to, you know, contribute. Yeah, absolutely. All right, people, my sincerest apologies. I was editing this and somehow deleted, I guess, the last couple minutes. And really, it's just us saying bye and thank you. (laughs) So from Adam and I, thank you for listening to this episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you learned something. Um, Look out for a bonus episode soon here. As always, follow What Now Megan on Instagram. Share with your friends. If anyone wants to give this podcast a star I mean I'm on episode 13 now so I think if you think I'm worthy of a star feel free to rate this on Spotify or Apple and as always share with your friends if you beat me call me beat me if you want to meet me do it um and go ahead and grab that day by the balls and 